5: Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. And if you want some extra episodes every week, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com and become a member because every Thursday we drop a new episode for members only. So if that interests you, go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. Now, this week, we have a really cool show coming up for you. But before we get into that, I want to welcome all the new listeners that are tuning in to this show this month. You see, The Confessionals has taken out a billboard on 422, just outside of Philadelphia, off the Oaks exit. And I know we had a lot of people tuning in from seeing that billboard. We got messages already. So thank you very much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy this show and come back every week every Tuesday for a new episode. And anybody who has not seen the billboard yet, you can go to any social media platform, but I recommend going to Instagram. Follow us at The Confessionals Podcast and you can see the billboard that we have up on 422. But thank you everybody for tuning in that has seen the billboard. I really do appreciate it and hopefully you enjoy what you're about to hear. Now this week we have Chris coming on and Chris is going to share some very paranormal type experiences that he's had. Now he's from Pennsylvania, Uniontown to be exact. Now he, when he was 19 years old, decided that he wanted to man up and be his own guy and move out of the house. So he gets an apartment and when he moves into this apartment, some things went down. I'm talking about knives flying through the air. A lot of crap happened and he talks about it all on this week's show. It's very chilling. So definitely stay tuned for that. And before we get to his encounter story though, we're going to play a trailer for this coming week's member episode on Thursday. Let's go.
0: to explain unless like you've been through it I guess um it's uh, it's a really strange like terrifying feeling
5: yeah I can imagine and, it's uh, terrifying you did have your own pretty crazy experience with uh sleep paralysis and from what it sounded like it sounded like an out of body experience you want to talk about that
0: yeah sure um so, I mean, I, I've heard of sleep paralysis before. Never had it in my whole life up until, I don't know, maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. And I was laying in bed. My wife was asleep. And I was asleep. And it's really hard to explain. I don't... It's a... So I wake up. My eyes are open. I'm awake in my bedroom. I can't move. But... There's, I hear a voice come from the foot of the bed And it says Don't worry son, everything's going to be alright all right, all right. And It's like, I don't know if I was it, it was like I was looking at myself sleeping Like I was at the foot of the bed watching myself sleep I can't move And I see these two arms I see these two arms come out of the wall and touch me on the shoulders. And as soon as they touch me on the shoulders, I'm back into my body and I'm awake and I can move and, you know, really freaked out about it.
5: right today we got chris coming on chris how you doing man
4: i'm doing really well how are you doing
5: good man good so i'm glad you're here and you're from pennsylvania i'm from pennsylvania two pennsylvanians talking about ghosts what's better than that (laughs) i am excited about having you come on the show today man because uh you talk about different experiences you've had even with your ex-wife which we'll get into a little bit later on but let's start off with this experience you had where you were 19 years old decided that you wanted to move out of your parents house you get an apartment and there's a lot of baggage that came with this place so uh walk us into what happened man
4: well um Right before I turned 19, I got an apartment in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Decided it was time to spread my wings and fly. So I went out on my own, got a job. um, And uh, the place was actually kind of creepy even before I fully moved in. Like, I had a couple small instances before even moving in. Uh, Me and my parents, like, I was working at the Walmart in Uniontown, working, like, swing shifts. So my parents were cleaning the apartment for me. When I was working and, uh, I had one day off. I went to go help my mom clean some stuff up so I could start getting my furniture put in. And, uh, it was really weird. I was in the kitchen just making sure that the drawers were wiped out, all that stuff. And, uh, my mom was in, uh, for the only bedroom, my bedroom, cleaning up the closet stuff like that. Well, then she comes, she came like running out into the kitchen and I was like, what is going on? Like, what's wrong? And she said, Chris, I opened your closet and like something came out of the closet at me. And I was like, okay, you're delusional. Like there's nothing in the closet. And it was really weird because, uh, when I looked over towards my bedroom, which is a basic layout of the apartment, I actually had, the apartment was between a beauty salon that was downstairs and there was an upstairs apartment. But my apartment had two entrances. So when you come in through the back entrance, you came into the kitchen, right through the kitchen, immediately to your left was the bathroom. And then the bedroom was right next to the bathroom. And then there was a hallway that took you down into a decent sized living room and then like a foyer. And then the front door was off the foyer. Well, I looked down towards the bedroom and I saw like, I didn't see anything in the bedroom, but when I looked down the hallway, like the hallway was really dark. There was like a black veil over the, like, halfway down the hallway going into the living
2: room. like just dark veil on black. And so I, I kind of checking it out, and then I decided to go
4: look in the living room because it started moving towards the living room, which it was probably, like, one o'clock in the afternoon. So no curtains hanging, light pouring in through windows, and it was still really dark, like, in that part of the apartment. I went into the Down into the living room, didn't really see anything. Um, Nothing really stuck out to me. So I went back and talked to my mom, told her everything was fine. Just she could sit down and relax. I'd finished cleaning stuff up and, you know, well, then end of that week, we move all my stuff in and everything was fine for a while. And uh, this kid that was real good friends with my younger brother in high school, uh, he was kind of a dorky kid in high school and I kind of felt bad for him like stuck up for him a little bit. Well, he wanted to come hang out with me at the apartment. So I have him come out and he'd spend a night here or there, like on a Friday or Saturday, and we'd like walk around Uniontown during the day or you know, go out catch movies or whatnot. And this one night we were up like really late. It was like just before the sun came up. And uh he was sitting in my recliner in the living room and uh I had like a white Couch and then a brown leather lazy boy, and uh, I think it was like a white love seat. But uh, I was getting ready to go to bed, and I told him, Man, do whatever he had to do. I was going to bed, and he looked at me and he said, Chris, there's a demon sitting on your couch. And I was just like, Dude, you're delirious. It's like 4 a.m., you're delirious. So I look over at the couch, and like the one seat was kind of darker. Like, I didn't see an actual physical apparition or anything, but it was like the one cushion was like dark gray as opposed to white. So I looked at him and I was like, dude, I can't handle this right now. I'm going to bed. Like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to bed. So I went back into my room and uh, I lay down in bed, pulled the blankets up, and I probably wasn't even in my room for more than 10, 15 minutes. I hadn't even got to fall asleep yet. And I heard this really crazy sound and scream, like something unearthly coming from my living room. And I was like, what the hell was that? So I jump up, throw my jeans back on, run out of the li- or bedroom down towards the living room. and it's, The sun hadn't come up yet, so it was dark in the living room. But when I left, there was a light on. And uh, this kid, Mark, was sitting in the recliner and i look over and he's just sitting there in the darkness so i went over to turn the lamp on by the chair and like it wouldn't turn on so i look at the other side and it was unplugged so i plugged the lamp in and i was like dude what the hell what are you doing like i'm trying to sleep i have neighbors like what are you doing and he's like nothing i just killed a demon I was like, what do you mean you just killed a demon? You can't kill a demon. Demons, I don't think, were living things anyway. Like, how do you kill a spirit? And he's like, oh, I I knew this Wiccan spell where I could reach up into heaven and use some of its light to kill evil spirits, and that's what I did.
2: And I just looked at this dude, because I would never been around
4: any time. I've heard of, like, Wiccan and all that. Never been around it. I thought the kid was messing with me and he was just doing some weird stuff in my living room. So I was like, whatever, I mean, you, you go on ghost busting or whatever you're doing, I'm going back to bed. So I went in and laid down he comes by and he's like, Hey, I'm going to make a omelet on your, in your kitchen. If you're okay with that, I said, yeah, eat up, whatever. So like in the bed, the bedroom door, was like straight across from the actual kitchen. So when I got to my doorway, I could look straight into my kitchen. So I'm laying in my bed and I just closed my eyes. I hear him frying up eggs and all of a sudden I hear something smack on my dresser, which was like to like it was at the foot of my bed on the left side of the room.
2: And I sit up and I look and there's a steak knife laying on the floor in front of my dresser. And I was
4: like, ha-ha, Mark, you're hilarious. Now quit messing up my furniture and make your damn food.
2: And so I laid back down, and I heard it again. And I looked, and there's a 2nd steak knife laying on the floor. And so I got up, and I walked out to the kitchen, and I
4: was like, dude, what are these? Like, why are you throwing stuff in my room? And he's like, I'm not. I'm frying this omelet. I'm trying to make an omelet. I put the knives back in like a little chopping block and I slid it further back on the counter. So like you couldn't just real quickly grab it and I moved the position. So in case he was messing with me, it would take him more time to get between the knives and the stove and I'd hear him taking the steps across the kitchen. So I lay back down in bed and this time I'm listening. I'm not even trying to go back to sleep. I'm listening to hear this kid so I can catch him, you know, messing with me. And I hear him flipping the omelet, and then I hear something smack my dresser as he's flipping the omelet. I look down and there's another knife on the floor in front of my dresser. So I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm wide awake. Obviously, sleep isn't in the cards for me right now. I don't know what's going on. So I get up, put the knife back in the chopping block, and uh He looks at me and he's like, he's like, you're not sleeping. I'm like, dude, but I don't know if it's you, I don't know what's going on, but something doesn't want me to go to sleep, so I'm not sleeping. So he offered to make me and make let me have the omelet he just made, and he was gonna make one for himself. So he puts it on the plate, puts the plate on the table, and it wasn't it was like on the corner, but not hanging over the edge of the table. I sat down and before I could grab the plate to slide it to me, nobody
2: was touching it, the plate slid off the table and shattered on the floor. And he looked at me and I looked at him and he's like,
4: what just happened? And I'm like, you know what, dude, uh, we're not eating breakfast here either. I'm getting fully dressed and we're leaving. I'm, we'll get food somewhere. I'm
2: not, I don't know what just happened. So I, we, we leave the, which I had a couple little spirits
4: that were in my apartment that never bothered me. So it was like a, the spirit of like a little girl that was there and like her stepdad um, which I knew that because I talked to a a medium when after everything went happened with my mom. But some like they've never messed with anything. Like I've never had anybody like throw a plate off my table or anything like that. And uh so we leave, we we go out and you know, he comes back or he had somebody pick him up in town and I went home.
2: And the place was pretty quiet that evening. I mean nothing real crazy going on. Um,
4: but when I went to bed that night, I started hearing like, you know, it's like you, sh- you like strum your finger, like, like if you're like tapping your fingers on furniture, like going from like your pinky to your index finger, like running them over furniture. Well, I was laying there in bed and I heard that like going down my bookcase, up my dresser. And then there was the gap, like my closet door was next to my dresser. And then, uh, there was like nothing there until you got to the corner, and then there was a nightstand there. And then right behind my bed, like my apartment had like the radiators in them with the big tin boxes surrounding them. So then the strumming went to like the
2: nightstand and then onto that metal box behind my bed. And I like freaked out and sat up. And I was like, what is going on here? So, looking around, there's nobody in my apartment. It's pitch black. And so, I turn my lamp on,
4: and I'm, like, looking around. There's nothing going on. So, I go check the doors. Doors are locked. Went back in, passed out. So, for, like, a week, I'd hear, like, little stuff here and there. Well, then, this kid, Mark, comes back over the next weekend. And, you know, I'm talking to him about, like, what happened the previous week. And we're trying to figure out what's going on. And we started walking down my hallway. And I had a—I was brought up in a Christian home. My parents both went to church. Uh, I went to church. Well, then I didn't go to church as much as I used to. But I was still going, working around holidays and here and there on
2: Sundays when I wasn't working.
4: So I had like a cross hanging on my hallway wall that was made out of a pewter. And he was walking in front of me, heading towards the living room, and Tony, it was the craziest thing I've ever
2: seen. The cross literally spun in a circle on the wall and flew off and almost hit him in the back of the head. It flew over his shoulder, hit my living room floor, and broke into three pieces. So I'm officially freaking out. I mean, I physically watched it happen.
4: There was probably, oh, I don't know, five, six feet in between us as he was walking down the hallway. So I physically watched it spin on the wall, and it just missed his head. Like I yelled his name, and when he went to turn to see what I wanted, it flew right past him and hit the floor. So I was freaking out. And I was like, dude, we can't stay here right now. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you're bringing it with you. I don't know if you did something that night last week. I don't know, but something's wrong.
2: So I
4: went to go, uh, changed change my shirt so we could take off. We were just trying to catch a movie, get something to eat in town and just to stay away from the apartment. And I go back in my bedroom and he's sitting on my couch And then all of a sudden, I hear all this ruckus while I'm trying to change my shirt. Like, stuff slamming off the floor. I heard a door slam shut. And then I hear, like, knocking and banging. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I take off out of my bedroom, like, shirt half over my torso. Um, I run down the hallway. And Mark's not on the couch anymore. But there were two big cardboard boxes that were in that closet that had, like, comforters and I mean, blankets and towels and stuff, they were like extra ones that I wasn't using at the time, I had been thrown like all the way across my living room. So it was about 12 feet across my living room into the foyer and they were thrown into the doorway of the foyer, both of them. And then I hear knocking on the inside of the closet door. So I opened the closet door and there's Mark standing there looking at me. Like freaking out. I'm like, dude, what are you doing in the closet? Like, what's going on? He said, I was sitting on the edge of the couch where you told me to, like, where you, where you saw me. I was sitting right there and all of a sudden I heard like the doorknob turn and the door opened and I felt like the boxes flew out. I felt something grab me and it like ripped me into the closet. He said, I tried to turn the doorknob to get out. The door it was like it was locked. And I said, kid, there's no lock on this door. Like there's, it's just a basic interior doorknob. There's no lock. He's like, Chris, I'm telling you, it was like it was locked. I couldn't get out. I started knocking on the door, trying to get
2: your attention to come get me out of the closet. So I was like, all right, we're out of here. We're done. Like, So after we went out around town, I had his ride come get him. And I started assuming that
4: I didn't know if whenever he did his little spell or whatever he thought he was doing. I don't know if he accidentally woke something up that may have been there if he opened a doorway to something. I don't know. So I had him stay home for a while. I was like, dude, until I figure out what's going on here, you know,
2: obviously it's mad at you. I can't have you coming here. Um just in case. And uh So I started making phone calls and there was uh I don't
4: know if you've heard of Nemecol and Castle that's in Brownsville, PA.
5: No, I don't think I have.
4: Okay, it's this little castle that they, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was part of like the Underground Railroad all those years ago. But it's a little haunted castle, and they'll do like Halloween tours, so they tell you the haunted stuff. They do Christmas tours, too, I guess, where you can go through, and it's all lit up with Christmas lights and all these things, and there was an older gentleman that was like uh, he was a medium that worked there and somebody had gotten me in touch with him and he's the person I contacted when I first moved in and my mom got scared to see if there was anything at the house. And I don't he never came over. I don't know what he did. He did whatever he was doing and he told me about people that were in my house and so on. And Uh, So I called him up again. It was explaining to him what was going on. And he put me in touch with his daughter. Who had more knowledge in like the occult. I don't know if she had been Wiccan at one time or she was at that time or whatever. So I call her and I'm explaining what this boy told me he did in my living room. And she was like, there is no spell in Wiccan that allows you to kill a demon. She's like, you can't kill a demon. And I was like, so what did he do? And she was, I don't know. She's like, whatever he did, if he's not actually practicing under somebody that's teaching him things and he's just doing things on his own, whatever he did, he did it wrong. And he opened up something in your apartment and you need to like bless your apartment, you know, do what you got to do to get all of it out.
2: So, uh, after talking
4: to her, I called my parents up. Cause like I said, they, I was in church with them all my life and I called them, told them what was going on and was like, listen, I need help. Like what? And I explained the whole situation to them. I was like, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I can do this by myself. I don't know how it's going to react when I start like anointing the apartment. I just don't know. So my parents came over, my brother came over. And we took anointing oil and went through and, like, blessed all the doorways, the, like, walls, windowsills, everything. Well, while we were trying to bless things, me and my mom were in the kitchen, and my brother and my dad were in my living room. Well, while we were in the kitchen, I heard something call for her. I heard, like, my dad's voice call for me. And my mom heard it, too. And I looked at her, and she was like, well, go see what he wants. I'll be fine. So I walk into the living room and I'm like, Hey dad, what'd you need? He's like, I didn't call for you. I was like, yes, you did. Me and mom both heard you call for me. So he looks at my brother and they, and my brother was like, Chris, he didn't call for you. And then I heard my mom yell out in the kitchen. So I take off out to the kitchen and She's like frozen, like, like so scared that she was almost like petrified standing by the sink. And I look where she's looking and there is this black, like midnight black silhouette of a person standing in the doorway of my bedroom. Like, and when we all came to the kitchen, cause my parents, my dad and brother followed me when we got to the kitchen, uh, Like, I don't know if it was
2: coming out to the kitchen towards her or if it just stopped there, but that's where it stopped. And it was like, it didn't progress any further. And
4: so I took my mom outside on my porch, my back porch, to get her out of the house. Because apparently whatever it was, it isolated her to do something to her. So I took my mother out of the house, had her sit on the back porch and wait. I went back in the apartment and I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like you know, you you want to throw stuff at me? That's fine. Just you're not messing with my mom, my dad. Like I'm no. So I grabbed my Bible and uh, I grabbed some anointing oil and I went to go to my bedroom and it wasn't in the doorway anymore. So I go into my bedroom
2: and um, it sounded like something was in my closet, like. If you
4: close the the door all the way and you're pushing against it, you know how you hear like the door pressed against the door frames, the door jams? That's what it sounded like was happening in my closet. Like somebody was in there just pushing on the door. So I open my closet and I go to bless the inside of my closet. And I don't know, I just felt something
2: like, I felt like something like grabbed my arm. And when it did, it, it was like my arm went like it was it was it's hard to explain. It's almost like it went kind of numb, like my forearm where it touched me. So I hurried up, I put the oil on the door, closed the bedroom door, and we
4: I had my mom stay outside while we finished anointing the rest of the apartment, and then
2: I went out and checked on her and she was doing a lot better as long as she was outside. So they went home. I thanked them for helping me out, but the blessing didn't get rid of anything. Like we 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 said prayers, we were going through the Bible, the anointing oil, but it didn't, it just made it angry.
4: And things different things would start happening. Like uh there was a mirror on the back of my dresser that was just as long as my dresser was. And when you go into the like so it was facing my bedroom door, like I said before. So I'd be, as soon as you walked in the bedroom, you'd see this mirror. Well, when you walked in and looked in the mirror, the reflection of you was like a distorted reflection of you. It was definitely you looking back, but like maybe the reflection would be smiling when you weren't smiling. Like not like a big cheshire cat grin, but like a like a little smirk almost. Or, like, something was always different. It wasn't quite right. Um, I would hear, like, things calling my name at night when I was trying to go to sleep.
2: The, the drumming of the fingers continued every night. Uh, I thought, so I, a couple of my friends from high school actually ended up becoming pastors.
4: But they weren't quite there yet, but they were going to church, and these are like my best friends in high school. And so I I reached out to the one, and I was like, listen, you know, one day this week, I need you to come over. And I explained everything to him. So on Sunday, he had me go to church with him. So I went to church with him,
2: and then we went to the apartment right afterwards. And nothing happened. The, the man was there for 45 minutes
4: with me like sitting there hanging out. We're talking, waiting for things to happen and nothing happened. Nothing, no noises, no shadows, no nothing moving. So he was like, well, here's maybe you coming to church, you praying, here's maybe that got rid of it. And I was like, well maybe, you know, I don't know. So he left within 20 minutes of him leaving. It, it, I could hear things again things calling my name like I would go into the kitchen I hear something calling me from the living room or if I was in the bathroom something was calling me from like the kitchen and it was almost it was almost like it was trying to make me like isolate me you know what I mean like it, it wanted me to feel like I was alone in it so nobody outside of my parents coming over experienced anything I had a pastor come over he didn't experience anything
2: um, don't nobody else have my parents and that kid, uh, that did whatever he did. But when I talked to that medium,
4: cause I called him back and was like, listen, I don't know what to do. I, I tried anointing the house. i brought a preacher in, you know, my friend came in. I said, it- it's not showing itself to anybody. And he goes, Chris, it's not going to, he said, it's trying to isolate you. So you feel like you're crazy. He goes, that's the whole point. He goes, I can see them. He goes, when I focus on your house, I feel the this really dark, this darkness that's just there. He goes, you need to get rid of it. So, um, I was kind of freaking out because I didn't know what to do. I tried anointing oils. I tried everything I knew growing up in church to do to get rid of like bad spirits, dark entities. So, I was freaking out one day. It it was getting on my nerves. It's finally reaching this breaking point with me.
2: And all I heard in the back of my mind was, read your Bible. And I said, okay, where, where do I start? And then the voice told me to read
4: Psalms, Psalms one, start reading Psalms one. So I did. Because this, well, like you know, Tony, the Psalms are all basically like songs to
2: God. It's all praises to God. So I started reading the first Psalms, and it it was the closest I've never experienced like a really
4: close to God moment like this before. But I was sitting at my table in the kitchen and like foot tapping because I'm just so overwhelmed. I was so. I was honestly, I was scared. I was upset because I didn't understand why what I was doing didn't work. I was getting sleep deprived because I, you know, every time I try to go to sleep, there was always something waking me up in the middle of the night, you know, keeping me going. So foots tapping, I'm clenching my knee with my left hand and I'm reading this, I'm reading the Bible. And then all of a sudden it just felt like somebody with the gentlest touch just touched my hand. It was the most soothing, gentle touch I've ever felt in my life.
2: And as soon as I felt that, like this calm came over my body. So I sat there and I kept reading. And all of a sudden, and this is going to sound really weird.
4: And, you know, I know you've heard a lot of things, but this is going to sound really weird to people that may not believe exactly the same way. But it was like my kitchen got really bright. Like the white on the
2: pages of the Bible was really bright white. The, the, the lettering was a really bold black. And I heard like a little bit of rumbling and then all of a sudden my house felt very peaceful for the first time. in I don't know, the few months that I had been living there. So when I was really stressed and I didn't know what else to do, it was like
4: God was like, okay, this is what I want you to do for me. This is what you're gonna do. This is what's gonna get rid of it for you. And it did. Like the house went back to, uh, well, I guess you could say normal. (laughs) Um, I didn't have anything calling my name anymore. I didn't hear the fingers drumming on anything. Um, Whatever that was, like everything was gone minus the the couple little things that were there when I moved in that didn't cause any harm.
5: So you you're saying that everything was gone at that moment, mostly not everything, but yes.
4: Yeah. Just the, the, the really dark stuff, the things that were, were caused that were tormenting me were gone. Like the little girl that was there, her stepdad that was there, like, a couple of days after that happened, I, uh, I saw the little girl again, you know, but nothing ever came after that. Like there was no doors slamming, things flying at me, no, nothing trying to torment me. All the actual dark
5: entities were gone. It's interesting. Why do you think that not everything was gone, but just the, uh, very negative stuff that you were experiencing?
4: I I honestly don't know. I don't know if the other ones weren't gone because they weren't evil I don't believe that every ghost is evil I mean, I believe you have residual hauntings there are some people that just for some reason linger they don't want anything, they don't do anything they just linger and uh, I don't know I don't know if it's because they weren't malevolent because they were just caring about their lives like maybe they did when they were alive. I don't know. I think I was just so happy if the other stuff was gone that I never thought much about that part. All
5: right, let's take a break from this week's episode and talk about this week's sponsor for this episode, which is Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to get the right vitamins, supplements, protein powders for your specific needs. Whether you're looking for glowing skin, more energy, better sleep, or something to support your health and fitness routine, Care Of helps you build and stick with a plan that's right for you. This is something that I was specifically looking for and they came in the nick of time for me. I, as a truck driver, do not have the healthiest lifestyle. Not only am I getting fatter, but I started noticing differences in my body with my joints and also my memory. was very much fading. And that's not a good thing. And so I started thinking I need some vitamins, but I didn't want to go to a store where there's an entire aisle filled with vitamins. And I don't know what I'm looking for. And so I would have wound up getting a generic men's supplement thinking, okay, well, this is the best I can do. But is it really the best that I could do? No, it's not because it wouldn't be detailed for me specifically. Care Of has you go on their website and take an online quiz, which is only like five minutes long, literally only five minutes. It's fun. It's easy. And it details a specific vitamin routine for you. And at the end of the quiz, they give you some really great recommendations and details of the research that goes into those ingredients that they are giving you in these vitamins. Some of the vitamins that they told me that I needed was fish oil, vitamin D, be complex All those things are great for my body. And they gave me some more recommendations and stuff. But it was really cool to see that I needed all these different things specifically for me. And I was able to order it and have it shipped right to my house. You don't have to go pick it up anywhere. It comes right to your house. And the packaging is really cool because it actually tells you your name right on the. So if you don't remember your name because your memory is fading and you're like, I don't even know who I am, it will tell you. So you wake up in the morning, oh, that's right, I'm Tony. You take your vitamins and you roll throughout the day. It's really a great way to stay healthy on a very tight schedule. And I know a lot of people are running around with kids. I'm running around with the job and the podcasting. I don't have time to... I literally do not have time to go to a store and take the time out of my day and figure out what vitamins I need. Obviously, that's kind of low on my daily chores list, but they make it so easy. And so Care Of is something that is going to be awesome for anybody who's looking to have a healthier lifestyle, but really making it more convenient for themselves. And some really cool things about Care Of is that they do have a vegan and vegetarian supplement option. So those who are really cautious, I'm not, I eat anything that I see, but some people are really cautious about what they put in their body. And so Care Of takes care of you So vegans, vegetarians, they can actually cater to your needs as well. I really do recommend this company. And I really strongly suggest anybody who's looking to get in a healthier lifestyle with some vitamins that they take advantage of this offer. And what's the offer, you say? Well, for 25% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code CONFESSIONALS. So if you want to take advantage of 25% off, your first order of care of. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter confessionals for your promo code right now. I wanted to ask you uh, way back when you first started sharing the story about the knives in your room. How do you think they were getting there? I mean, like your friend was in the kitchen where they were at and they're just ending up in your room. Do you think they were some kind of like um, put there? through a different dimension or do you think they were actually physically, uh, floating through the air?
4: I figure. I think they were physically flying. I think something was grabbing them and throwing them. Um, after watching the cross spin on the wall and fly, um, I actually had a piece of that cross thrown at me. I didn't mention that in the story. Um, when that day, I, I, the box, I think the other boxes were around like the radiators in my house. Well, something was like pushing from the inside of one of the boxes. And I went to go see what was going on. And one of the pieces of the cross, I put them up on my coffee table. One of the pieces had flown off the coffee table and just missed my knee and hit the box right next to me, like right in front of me. So I believe that it was a very physical action that it wasn't like a, but like it, it was just disappearing in the kitchen and like interdimensional travel. Um, I think it was very, whatever was there was strong and was strong enough to physically move things because I watched it happen a couple of times myself.
5: Whatever happened to the kid that you think started this whole thing? I mean, uh, are you still talking to him today or, or what? But before you even answer that, uh, you know, what made him feel like this was something that he, wanted to do in your place, uh, I'm assuming you guys had that activity going on and he's like, well, I can fix this. Uh, it, was it just being naive?
4: I, I think it was. And it was actually even before there was really any activity. He was the only one that saw anything. Um, cause like I said, the, the, the girl and the, and her stepfather, like I would, the only thing with the stepfather, like I couldn't sit in my recliner, like after a certain point at night, I would just kind of feel like somebody was bugging me to get out of the chair. Uh, almost like he wanted to sit in the recliner, like like an old man just relaxing after a long day, sitting in a lovely lazy boy. You know what I mean? Um, nothing
2: ever bothered me, but I just, I think he saw whatever he saw. And was like, oh, I can fix this for him, which obviously he did not.
5: Yeah, obviously. So I'm assuming you've come to the conclusion, and it, it's what it sounds like is whatever he did made things exponentially worse. Oh, most definitely. He
4: he let something walk into my apartment that I don't think was there before. Um, I, I don't know. If like like I believe like like using Ouija boards. If you use a Ouija board, it opens a doorway. You're, you're you're allowing something to walk into where you are. You're welcoming something there. And I think he, regardless of whether it was intentional or not, I think he may have inadvertently welcomed something into my house.
5: Yeah, I, I would definitely say that's a high probability, considering what you just shared with us.
4: Uh, and him, I quit talking to him. There was an instance uh, where he called me one night, and it was after everything died down at the apartment. He came by and hung out a couple times after that, and nothing ever stayed. But this whole experience with my apartment, I i don't know. Like I became really sensitive to things after this. I don't know if being... I don't know if I was sensitive to them before and they just lay dormant. I don't know if it, it, I don't know, but I became really sensitive to spirits and things after this entire ordeal at my apartment. And this one time he came over and we were hanging out and when he went to leave, it was later. it was like 10, 11 o'clock. So it was dark outside. And I walked outside with him, walking him down to his uh, mom's boyfriend's car. And when he turned around to say something to me, like, his face looked different in the darkness. Like, his eyes were kind of blackened out a little bit. Like, it was weird. Like, whatever...
2: I think the boy carried something with him, almost like a a possession-type deal. There was something that was with him. And
4: after that night when he left, I never let him... I I, Every time he wanted to come hang out, I was busy. I was like, I you know... I don't want a recap of what happened. And then he called me one night and he was scared. He said there were things in his house that were scaring him and he wanted to talk. So I, I told him I talked to him over the phone and he sounded genuinely terrified of whatever it was. He was by himself. His mom and her boyfriend went out Um. He was genuinely terrified. At some point, I gave this kid one of my Bibles, because I used to have a a little stash of them. And we were talking about religion one time, and I gave him one of my Bibles. So I asked him if he had that Bible handy that I gave him, and he said yes. So I decided, because Psalms worked in taking care of the things in my apartment, I decided that would be a good place to maybe start with easing him it might comfort him the way I was comforted. So I started reading, uh, verses over the phone to him. I told him just to follow along or read out loud with me, either one. But we were going through, as I'm reading these verses, um, I think it was the last episode, your last new episode where you had the recordings of the, the demonic possessed people on the radio shows. Yeah. um, Well, kind of like that first recording, that weird voice that Chick had in that first recording, I heard something come through the phone. And it was, as I was reading verses, it was twisting them and making them very sadistic. And I asked him, I was like, what was that? And apparently he didn't hear it. Um, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, somebody just said something like, is there another phone? Like, is somebody sitting next to you? Is there an- cause I think he called me on his house. Phone. I said, Oh, a phone?" that somebody, is somebody messing with me? And he was like, no, he's like, there's nobody here. I'm by myself. So I kept reading and I started going through verses. The voice came through the phone again. And, uh, again, it was twisting. Bible verses in, in ways that I don't care to, to reiterate to anyone. But it with the voice came this feeling of, of fear, like there was in my apartment. And so finally, you know, I, I, I told him, I said, you need to make this stop. Whatever it is, you
2: need to make it stop. You need to make it go away. And he said, Chris, I can't. I said, go see a priest. Preacher, you know do what you need to get rid of whatever this
4: is and I think that was probably one of the last times I spoke to him he never called me after that um we just kind of lost touch with each other and honestly I wasn't in a position at that age I, I barely got rid of whatever was in my apartment and I was terrified I wasn't in a position at that age with my faith I mean I had faith but it it's grown a lot since then. And, uh, I just wasn't at a place where I think I could have helped
5: him. Wow. So the voices that you were hearing coming through the phone that you were talking to him on, was it during him talking that you heard this other voice or was it while you were talking?
4: He really didn't read along a whole lot. Um, he was just, as I was like, every, when we first started reading, like he was like reading along with me. And then after that, I noticed he had grown quiet. And I was just reading the verses. I would hear, I could hear him breathing into the phone. So I knew he was still there. We, it was, it was back, this was 14 years ago. So this is before like Android and stuff when you had those big, heavy Nokias. So it didn't even tell you if anybody hung up, you were talking to yourself usually after somebody like lost service. And I hear him breathing into his phone and so I'm I'm reading these verses to him and then I would hear this voice that was very similar to the first recording in your in your uh show from Tuesday which honestly when I heard it it actually raised every hair on my body and sent chills down my spine
5: yeah you know when it comes to that stuff there there's a lot of different things that people will think about that but I do know that a lot of times people that have Demonic possession within them. Uh, they, other people sometimes hear voices like you did, right? Or even on that recording, but the person in the moment doesn't hear the record or hear the voices because the voices are coming out of them, but they're not in the right mental state to even hear what's going on.
4: Uh, it's almost like they're being blocked while the other right. one is using them, so they have no idea what's going on.
5: Exactly, and I—I I don't know how true this is, but I heard a theory that because uh, if you remember on that recording, the woman she actually she's talking, and then it sounded like something else was talking, and it was totally—it sounded like a different voice. it yes. turned, I heard that human beings have two vocal cords, and they. Uh, either they only use one of the two, or they can only use one at a time of the two.
4: I I heard a I heard a similar theory. It, is, it was a while ago that said people have like a like use like a dual set, and that only certain people end up using both sets or whatever at the same time. So or like or something like that. Like most people only use one set, and then then I guess during these situations or whatever it can those sets can be used or whatever. I don't know. It was a, I heard it a long time ago.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I had heard too. And it's interesting because maybe, uh, possibly, uh, people that have demonic possession within them and that happens, maybe that the demonic entity is using that other vocal cord to communicate. You know, I don't know. I mean, uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that's, that's a possibility?
4: I would say it is, it could be possible considering the voice that I heard and even the ones in your recording sounded absolutely nothing like the other person, like the person that was being spoken to the voice was when, when, and it was honestly, it was really close to the one in that recording, the one that I heard. And, uh, but it's, it is possible. I mean, I went through a similar situation with my ex-wife when we were together. And, um, at one point when she would talk, it wasn't her talking, like it, it wasn't her voice. So I believe that could be very possible.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it could be possible, but I mean, what do I know? I just drive a truck for a living and talk to people about their ghost stories. So you
4: know. Listen, I, I lift heavy stuff and crank on a pipe wrench all day.
5: I mean, you know, I don't know nothing either. I'm a grunt. Yeah, man, Uh, I do find that interesting though, and those voices coming out and stuff. It's just, you know, I I don't know. I, I think, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I just don't know um, the right, I don't know terminology to use, maybe as far as all that goes. But it's to me, I think it's definitely possible.
4: I, I think when I heard the theory, it was somebody trying to argue against demonic possession. And they were trying to say that if a person was talented enough, they might be able to figure out how to either use the other set or both at the same time to make those noises. And I think that's how I heard it. It was somebody arguing against the idea of uh, demonic presences and, and demonic possession. Yeah. And I honestly, I. Is it possible for somebody to gain enough control over their body to use both? Yes. Through training, through years of practice, but for somebody to, you know, all out of the blue, start speaking differently in like a growly, like raspy type voice, because I don't think you can accidentally figure out how to do it and then do it perfectly.
5: Right. You know, I, I think I'll, I'll play the audio real quick for people to listen in case they ha- they don't know what audio interview we're talking about. Uh, this was episode 103. And uh, we played a, probably about I think it was about 20 minutes worth of audio of callers. Uh, call, this one girl calls into a show. Let me, let me paint the picture for people because I didn't do a good job on that episode of telling people what I knew about the call. What happened is... Uh, This girl calls into a radio show that's hosted by a guy named Bob Larson, and uh, she's demonically possessed. And she's actually, she doesn't say this during the the phone call, but Bob actually met up with her after the first phone call, and he talked with her, and she was actually part of a satanic cult where she was being raised to. Uh, be a satanic sacrifice on Halloween. This is what she had told Bob uh, when they met up. And you hear during the first phone call, she actually uh, was concerned about being hurt when he prays for her. He asked her if she could pray for him. And she said, is it going to hurt? Do I have to cut myself? And so uh, it it was a very emotional thing. Uh, He meets up with her. And then a few nights later, the mother Calls into the station to tell him to leave the family alone. And uh, the mother pretty much admitted to uh, planning on killing herself as well as her daughter during the sacrifice. So uh, check this out
1: 1 800 821 Talk is the on the air number. And I tell you, we've got uh, some very tense situations here right now. Now, Rebecca, I want you to just listen to me for a minute, okay? Yes. Okay? Yes. Now, we want to help you. And the people who gave you this number knew that we would be able to help you. Now, we can help you in a number of ways. You can help me? The first thing we can do is pray for you. Okay? Does it hurt? Pardon? Does it hurt? It doesn't hurt. Do
3: do I have to cut myself?
1: You do not have to cut yourself. You don't do anything. You just listen right now. Okay? Okay? Uh-huh. In the name our Father in Heaven and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We just pray right now for the peace and comfort of God to come upon Rebecca. I pray that her mind may be opened and I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit may come upon her. We bind all the powers of darkness. We bind all the work of the enemy and we make every evil spirit subject to the Lord Jesus Christ and all the work of the Satanists in her life, we command that it come to an end in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we pray right now for the love of Christ to come to where she is right now and to overshadow her life. And I place the blood of Christ on Sally right now. I, pl- I mean, on, on Rebecca, I place the blood of Christ on Rebecca right now. I place the blood of Christ on Rebecca. You are bound by the authority in Jesus. You are bound. In Jesus' name, you are bound. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are bound. <laughs> and Rebecca is What's being removed. Rebecca is being loosed by the power of Jesus Christ. What's happening? Don't worry, Rebecca. God is in control. Don't you worry. Who are you? Who are you? The keeper? You are not the keeper. The guardian. You are not the guardian. Who am I? You are subject to Jesus Christ. You are subject to Jesus Christ. Keeper and guardian, I bind you in Jesus' name. Keeper and guardian, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Keeper and guardian... Keeper and guardian, you are bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Keeper, you who call yourself Keeper, is Jesus Christ Lord? You cannot have this girl. Do you hear me? You cannot have her. She is not yours. To whom does she belong?
3: Right now, she belongs to my master.
1: She will not continue to belong to him.
3: We'll do everything we can to terminate
1: her. You can't. You can't (laughs) terminate her. relax for a minute, okay? Now you stations down the line, I'm going to I'm going to suspend my closing, I'm going to suspend the last couple of commercial breaks and I'm going to stay right with her. Now Rebecca, yeah. you just relax for a minute. Yeah. You who call yourself the Keeper, speak to me. In the name of Christ, you speak to me.
3: What is it?
1: You let her go. Mm. You let her go. Why should I let her go? She belongs to me. Not forever. Sent here to protect her, to guide her, and to lead her. Jesus Christ came here to die for her. She
3: has not yet made that
1: choice. She will make that choice. And you know very well it's a miracle that she called <sighs> today. It's a miracle she called today, isn't it? Isn't it? <sighs> isn't it?
3: Someone out there was praying
1: for her. Well, that's your problem. Now you listen to me. You must be subject to the authority of Jesus Christ. How many more of there are you? How many more of you are there? How many people? How many more of your kind? There are many. How many? Tell me in the name of Jesus Christ.
3: How many? Here for generations.
1: There are hundreds. Well, the hold is being broken. No. Yes. No. Yes, and you know very well it is being broken. God did not have her call me by an accident, and God would not have thousands of people praying right now. And you know very well that your hold is being broken now. We will have
3: her on our hallows eve. Bye.
1: No, you will not have her on your Hallow's Eve. You she will, will not have her. Ha- no, she forever. will not be yours forever. She will belong to Jesus Christ. Who's David? The David we were talking to a moment ago? He's defeated. Keeper? Yes. Yeah. Is Satan defeated? Yes. Yeah. Did Jesus Christ rise from the dead? Yes. Yeah. Then you are defeated too. And your hour has come to an end.
3: I have a right to
1: be here. What is the right?
3: She has not accepted your
1: God. Keeper, by the authority in Jesus' name, I bind you to hold your tongue silent right now. Yes. I bind you to submerge and hold your tongue silent. Rebecca? Rebecca? What? I want you to... Do you want love in your life?
3: I'm scared of it.
1: Do do you want it?
3: Yes.
1: Do you want God?
3: I don't know who he is.
1: Do you want him? Do you want him if he is love? If it's true. Then say, say, I, Rebecca. <laughs> uh, keep her stay out of the way in Jesus' name. Rebecca? Rebecca, keep her get out of the way. I command you to stay out of the way. Rebecca? Yes? Say, I, Rebecca. I, Rebecca. Want love? Want love? I want God. <laughs> Stay out of the way, keeper. Stay out of the way. I want, I want want out. out. Say, I put my trust.
3: I put my trust in God. In God.
1: In in God. Stay out of the way, keeper. God. And Jesus Christ. Say, and. And. Jesus. Say, Jesus. Keeper, stay out of the way. Stay out of the way, keeper.
3: Jesus
1: Christ. Keeper, Keeper, you are bound. You stay right there, and I'm going to come back to you in a minute. I have to go away. I just ask all of you to be very, very much in prayer. Support this ministry. Stand by us. And support us in prayer. Now. Helping the hurting is what Talk Back with Bob Larson is all about. Thank you for praying. me tell you what's going on right now at this moment rebecca's mother is sitting in the car in a trance now it just may be that that's something that god did to get her mother out of the way so i could talk with rebecca i don't know what's going on i'm speculating rebecca is not at the phone right now rebecca is going to come back to the phone at any minute in the meantime i want every And I may have to interrupt this, but I want every demon in hell to listen. I
3: don't want to hear any more that you have to say. Do you hear me? Catherine. Please leave us alone.
1: No, I will not leave you alone. Catherine, under no circumstances will I leave you alone, not when you are going to murder your daughter. And I will not leave you alone because I want you to have God's love in your life. I want you... To know the promise and the you hope. listen which to
3: me. It's too late for me.
1: It is not too late. It is too late. That's a lie. That's a lie of Baphomet. That's a lie of too Lucifer. Late. It is not. If it's too late, why am I talking to you now?
3: I have no idea. If I it's can't too l- get rid of you.
1: You can't get rid of me. You aren't going to get rid of me because I won't let you go because God won't let you go. How would I know about Ouroboros and Marduk? Listen. And Floretta?
3: No, right. How would you I know? speak those names.
1: Listen. Those are the names of demons which Jesus Christ has trod under his feet. Which Jesus Christ has defeated at the cross. I will Leave speak them. us
3: out of your little fairy tale. Land this will not have any part of it. You it,
1: understand me? Who's living in the fairy tale? You've got a black book with names of ancient spirits and relatives that have passed a curse That's down seven? That's reality. It's not... Is killing your daughter on October 31st a reality?
3: It is reality. It's murder. We must get rid of this evil. What evil? You are evil.
1: You're the one that's going to commit murder. You're the one that's going to kill your daughter.
3: I will join her.
1: Are you going to kill yourself? Are you? In Jesus' name, who's interfering? Mm -hmm. Who is it? Who is it? Come to attention. Who are you?
3: Mm -hmm. Ravinsky.
1: Well, Ravinsky, I thought you couldn't speak English.
3: Ravinsky.
1: I thought you couldn't speak English.
3: Ravinsky.
1: Are you Ravinsky? Got it. Can you speak English?
3: Listen, I don't want any part of this.
1: Catherine, you listen to me. Catherine. Nothing. Catherine, who's Leave gonna kill alone. Catherine, who's gonna kill you at Halloween?
3: No
1: one. Are you going to take your own life?
3: That's uh, none of your business.
1: Are you planning to sacrifice yourself?
3: There is this is none of your business.
1: It is God's business. Why would I be talking to you? This is a miracle, Catherine.
3: You are a fool.
1: How would I know all of this? Why would I be talking to you if I were a fool? If I were a fool, how would I know all of this?
3: I have no idea, but you leave us alone.
1: I know about Ravinsky, you know what...
3: Leave us alone, I'm begging you. In
1: Christ's name...
3: out of this while you can.
1: In Christ's name, we break the curse of Ravinsky. What? Ravinsky? Can you speak English? Are you there, Ravinsky? Ravinsky, the blood of Christ be on your curse. 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 You cannot have Catherine's life on Halloween. You cannot have it. You cannot have it. And you cannot have the life of Rebecca. Rebecca confessed Christ yesterday. You heard her. Did you not? Confess it. Did you hear her? Answer me, Ravinsky. Answer me. Catherine? Catherine?
3: Leave us alone. Catherine? Please.
1: For God so loved the world, he Be sent his son, lone. Jesus Christ, to I die don't for you, Catherine. You need to hear
3: what you have to You need say. to
1: hear. If, if it you were, leave my if it were and I will not leave your daughter dead. alone. I will not let you kill your daughter, and I will not let you kill yourself in the name of these spirits. Jesus Christ has, I know how many spirits Rebecca has. Listen, she has 342 we have of them. A long
3: trip ahead of us, and I don't intend to spend it on this telephone.
1: No, you cannot go anywhere. I you can cannot go anywhere. Will. In the name of Christ, we command you be restrained.
4: Yeah, it, it sounded almost exactly like that first voice. Like it was. I was literally. I listened to your show as I'm driving um, to and from work. Because I drive like in. I, well, I live in Morgantown, but I drive up near Pittsburgh to go to work every day so uh the the guy that actually got me into listening to your show he rides with me. he lives like halfway in between, so you meet up in the middle, and then I drive the rest of the way up because my vehicle
2: is much smaller than his
4: and uh right, so that's that's how I pass the time like as I'm driving seven so an hour and a, it's almost an hour and a half ride, and I was actually driving home. Tuesday night when, the, when I saw the episode and I started playing it and it was it, it was an eerie feeling it was definitely it took me back to that moment and uh it it, it kind of it scared me a little bit I'm not even gonna lie about it it was different um <clears throat> but it sounded almost exactly like it
5: yeah I mean I've heard other that those are just what I played on that show was just a couple of samples. Uh, I've heard other different recordings of such things. And a lot of times they sound similar, uh, which is interesting. But um, yeah. so before we kind of wrap things up here on this interview, I wanted you to have the opportunity to share another story with me, because uh, when you told me about it, my ears perked up big time. So you were previously married, and you actually had to perform an exorcism on your ex-wife. How'd that happen? What, 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 are you, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, how'd you find out that she was demonically possessed? How'd you go about this whole thing?
4: Um, that That's something interesting as well. Um, so
2: <clears throat>
4: uh, me, me and my ex-wife had gotten together right before I turned 21. We lived in Tennessee. I went down there to be with her after I met her online. We came back up here and moved into a little town called Mason Town. It's in PA. Um, and we had this little two-bedroom uh, house. that was above a two-car garage. And weird things were happening in the house. Um, my oldest son, which was four at the time, her it's my stepson. Uh, I hear him in his bedroom. His full end of a conversation, like he was talking to somebody, but I couldn't hear the other half of the conversation. So I would go in the room sometimes, you know, because it was late at night. Like he should have been asleep by now. And I was like, hey, who are you talking to, bud? And he was like, oh, nobody. But then he'd look over and there was this little pop up cloth playhouse that I bought him. There was like a Spider-Man one. And he would look over at that and then look back at me. And I was like, you sure you're not talking to anybody? He's like, yeah, I'm I'm just talking. I said, well, it's past your bedtime. You need to go to sleep.
2: So he'd lay
4: down and I'd leave. Um, and then it went, cause Mason town's a very, it's, it's a very weird town.
2: It's, there's a lot of darkness in that town. And. So one night, and I'm trying to think, um, I always told my uh, ex-wife when we move
4: together, you know, because, you know, people argue, you're, you're, you know, you're together, you, you know, you argue with your girlfriend, I'm sure you and your wife have your disagreements. Sure. And I told her, I said, you know, I said, if you ever get mad at me, you need to go blow off steam, go for a walk, do whatever. I said, just don't walk around here at night. Some of the people aren't the best people. And there are things outside that I'd rather not, you not be outside at night. So we get into an argument one night and she decides she's going to go for a walk. So she, has been gone for like, I don't know. She's only been gone for like five minutes. I'm like, I can't let her walk around by herself. Like If something happens to her, I'm just done. So I take off after her and I start walking. And I thought I saw her further up the sidewalk. I saw something, and I thought it was her. So I started heading up the sidewalk, and it came, like, my house at the bottom of, like, a hill. So as you climb, as I crested the hill, all of a sudden, she's, like, almost a block away at the other end of the sidewalk. And I'm like, holy crap, she's, like, hauling it. So I started heading down the sidewalk towards her to where I thought it was her. And I see this, this thing cross the street. And I get to the corner where she crossed, and look down, and she's all the way down at the edge of this other, like almost a block. And I'm like, "Holy crap! Where is she going? Like, well, what is she doing?" So I, I start jogging to try to catch up to her. And I go down. It's a. It's a Dollar General there. And as I go down to the corner of the Dollar General where I saw her turn, I round the corner and. I know it was like later at night and it was dark
2: outside, but this was darkness. Like pitch black. Something's not right. Darkness. And that's when I realized that that wasn't my ex-wife, Like I don't know what
4: I followed. I don't know what was leading me around that town to that spot, but it wasn't her. So I started walking and I was like, well, maybe she went down to the park. So I went down, started heading down to the park, and finally she calls me, and she
2: says, hey, I'm done walking around. Um, You know, I'm going to head back to the house. And I was like, where were you? And she told me she was by
4: the cemetery, sitting on this wall by my church, and she was going to head home. I said, well, I'm on my way. You know, uh, Jonathan was at my brother's, so it wasn't like he was left home by himself before anybody thinks that. Um. My brother used to come and take him, like over the weekends or whatever, sometimes. And uh, so I started heading back, you know, up towards the, back up towards the house. I mean, I'm, I don't know, roughly it's less than a quarter of a mile, but I was, I was still, a, I don't know, ten, fifteen minutes from the house, like walking time.
2: Um, so I'm walking back up through, and it was really weird. It was like. I told you I became sensitive after that apartment. Yeah. Well, I became sensitive in many different
4: ways. Sometimes I see things like flashes in my head, not so much as like I'm physically seeing it, but it's almost like I'm being shown something. But when I see it, like what I'm looking at disappears and like I see it playing out like in front of my eyes. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I know that's a horrible description. That's the best I can can describe it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a horrible description. But, uh... And that's how I hear things when it talks to me, too. Like, you had somebody on one of your episodes, and I forget what it was, but they say it's almost like a mind speak that these things talk to me. But it's not audible. It's like I hear it in my head. I hear these things talking to me. Right. And, uh... But I see this, this little vision, and it's of her crossing the cemetery to head back to the house. But when
2: she turned around, um her eyes were black and her teeth were all jagged. And then she turned back around and started walking across the cemetery and then it like disappeared. And I was like,
4: what in the hell just happened? That was the first time anything like that ever really happened to me. And it freaked me out. So I'm kind of thinking I'm hallucinating. Um, there's something like something different. going. I don't know what's going on. But I hurry up, and I get home, and we're talking, and um, we decide to go to bed. So we're laying in bed, and all of a sudden, she tells me that she sees something, because the closet door in my room, and I think the one in Jonathan's room, for some reason, there was no doors on the closets; They were just open closets. And she says she saw something peering out from the closet.
2: And I was like, okay. So, um, i had already had other interesting things between
4: my apartment and this moment. I had become pretty accustomed to kicking things out of places where they weren't supposed to be. So I went and grabbed my Bible, um, the same one I used in my apartment. And I grabbed a thing of, uh, I didn't have any annoying oil, so I grabbed a little thing of like a, olive oil i prayed over the olive oil to bless it to make it like anointing oil and i went into my bedroom and i walked as soon as i walked
2: in the air became different it was like something was was pissed because i just walked in with a bible so i walked over and i anointed the the top and the two sides of the closet
4: door frame And uh, I prayed that whatever was there, that, you know, if anything was in this closet, anything was, you know, whatever she saw, if it was wishing either of us harm, they would be removed from the house in
2: Jesus' name.
4: And the air seemed to lighten up a little bit. I put the Bible down on my nightstand, and I laid back down next to my wife, and as I'm laying there, I'm yeah, I'm closing my eyes. I'm getting ready to go to sleep. And she, she
2: tapped my arm and she goes, Chris, something is telling me to hurt you. And I said, excuse me. She's like, I hear something. It's telling me to hurt you. It is telling me it wants me to hurt you right now. So, um, I, I, all I knew to do was start praying You
4: know, I was like, well, whatever this is, it must have just be, you know, I don't know how it's reaching her. I don't feel anything in the room. So I started praying and she told me that I started saying the Lord's Prayer and she said that it was the Lord's Prayer was giving her a migraine. That when I started praying, it was giving her a headache. So I had a little bit of that oil left that that I prayed over and anointed or I, I asked God to bless so I could anoint. and. I I put some on her arm and she said that it felt hot. I'm telling you, there's no way this oil was hot. It was like fresh out of an olive oil bottle that was like room temperature that I had put into a little... Actually, I just put some on like a little end of a paper towel so that I could like anoint the the door frame. Like there was no way that it was hot. She said it felt like really hot like, like to the point of almost burning her. And then she started like pulling away from me while she was like laying in bed and I went to touch her again and she jumped up out of the bed and she took off out to the living room and I was like, you know, I was going to a Pentecostal church at the time and I honestly, I was waiting for this preacher to tell me that I was crazy, but I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I've, you know, dealt with dark spirits in houses. If something followed me in my car, I've anointed a car. I've never dealt. Physically dealt with something being in someone. Um, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to do. So I called my pastor, and it's, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night, 11 30, 12, something like that. It's late. And I apologize for calling him and I had to explain the situation. And I'm waiting for him to tell me that I'm insane. And he's like, Chris, I'm over an hour away from you. I need you to remove that demon
2: from your wife.
4: He said, if you can't do it, I will be there. I'll drive. He goes, That it needs to happen now before it sinks its claws in too deep. He goes, so you need to get whatever you can use for anointing oil. Get your Bible. Uh, he goes, me and my wife are going to be up praying for you until you call me back and tell me that it's done. He goes, we're going to be in constant prayer until the phone rings and it's you. He said, I need you to go out there and rebuke it. Tell it that it's, you know, just don't talk to it. If it tries to speak to you, don't listen. Command it to shut up because anything that it says is going to be a lie. Do not listen to it. Because at some point it may try to hurt her it may act like it's going to hurt her but it can't it's not he goes if you rebuke it and tell it that it has no power it can't he goes it's going to try to act like it wants to hurt her so that you stop if it gets you to stop it, you, you've missed that opportunity Because once you get it going you have to keep going he goes you know so I told him I'll do my best and he goes if you need me I will drive out tonight just call me if you can't do it and I'll drive out tonight and I'll help you deal with this So I go out to the living room and she
2: was sitting on the couch and I walked up to her and it's,
4: there was a bunch of mixed emotions. I mean, it's not, I'm I'm terrified because what if I can't do this? I'm terrified. What if it does hurt her? You know, it's my wife. Like, I don't want to be the cause of anything that hurts her. I don't want to. You know, she looked like she was scared sitting on the couch and I came up and I had my Bible and my oil and I did as the preacher told me to, I, I, I drew a cross on her forehead in the, in the oil. So I actually had to go out to the kitchen and get more. I ended up just grabbing like the bottle of olive oil and, and asking God to bless the bottle of olive oil. Um, and I, and I went in and I put some on my finger and I made a cross on her forehead and I started praying. And I started off with the Lord's Prayer, and uh oh, one other thing the pastor told me before I got off the phone with him. he told me that once it was complete and I felt that it was done, I had to have her say like the sinner's prayer, because if she couldn't say the name of Jesus Christ, then it was still there. If she couldn't ask for Jesus to come into her heart. The demon was still there. And if the demon left and she didn't fill that void that it left behind with something, it would come back worse. So I had to have her say the sinner's prayer once it was done and make sure that that was said and done. That way, I knew for sure that the exorcism worked. So I went out, I anointed her head, and I started off with the Lord's Prayer. And she started, like, arching over the arm of the couch and as i completed the prayer i commanded the demon to release her in the name of jesus christ you have no dominion over one of god's children regardless of where she is in her face we're all god's children that's all i kept saying um i didn't ask for a name because he told me not to speak to it not to converse with it at all um so, I just kept praying, and then just kept commanding it to release, because it had no power over her, it had no power over anything on this earth that belonged to God, and everything belongs to god and my ex wife had some really long natural fingernails, and that hand reached up, and she dug those claws into my chest um and I grabbed her arm, made her let go, kept praying, kept praying um it started like. Did you, have you ever seen, like, in the movies, like, when they, they start twisting their wrists or their arms twist a little bit? Yeah. Well, her hands started twisting. And I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. And then my ex-wife had asthma. And it was acting like it was putting her into an asthma attack. And I kept rebuking it. I said, you can't put her in an asthma attack. You can't hurt her. You can't kill her. And this went on for, I felt like an eternity. I know it wasn't quite that long, but it felt like forever. And then finally I got her to say the Lord's Prayer, Once I, or not the Lord, but the Sinner's Prayer. Once I realized, because I kept asking, her, well, once I could see it was her, I would tell her she had to say the name Jesus Christ. And at first she would get out maybe Jesus, but she couldn't get out Christ. Um, so finally, once she could say his name, I had her repeat the Sinner's Prayer after me.
2: And she had no recollection of any of it once it was done. None. She asked me why we were in the living room, like why we were on the couch, why
4: I had her say a prayer. She doesn't remember any of it. She saw like bleeding claw marks on my chest and was like, what happened to you? No recollection of it whatsoever.
5: That's really interesting. Do you think she was possessed for a long time?
4: No. I really don't. I think that when she went out that night, I don't know what was on her mind. I don't know what happened. I just think whatever, whatever it was, I think got her that night. It it may have been something that may have been working at her for a little while. Um, but whatever she was thinking, whatever's going through her head, I just think it was like right place, right time or wrong place, wrong time. And It just, it decided that it was going to use that as this moment of opportunity. And my my faith grew after the place in Uniontown. I started, um, when I had issues when I was in Tennessee, I would, you know, clear them out. If I felt like something was routing along in my car, I would get rid of it. I started putting like a little pocket Bible in the glove box, um, but I, I had never done anything like that before, and I haven't done anything since. I've done blessings on homes and stuff since then, but um, that was just something that, I mean, I hope I never have to do it again, because it's, every time I have one of these encounters with something, that it, it's almost like it leaves a, leaves a little something behind, you know what I mean?
5: Yeah, I can understand that. Like the
4: things that I feel, because it's. But when these dark beings show up, I can feel their aggression. I feel. I feel whatever they're feeling at the moment, and it's like it. it you can't unfeel that. Um. It, like, like the the thing with her, I can't. I'm never going to be able to forget doing an exorcism on my ex-wife. I'm never going to forget. The things that happened in that apartment, the things that I went through, it it leaves an impression that you just don't ever get away from.
2: Um, No matter how hard you try to forget, they're just there. Um, But yeah, that was me doing an exorcism on my ex-wife. It was
4: scary. I was terrified of any possible outcome outside of what actually happened. I've seen it in the movies. You know, you're watching horror movies, and Hollywood way over dramatizes it most of the time, unless that kind of stuff actually does happen. I don't know. I've only had experience with one. But uh that's what I was afraid of was like the Hollywood version of of, of an exorcism. And uh it definitely left a you know, for a lack of better terms, it left a scar.
5: Yeah, now with exorcisms not not all of them obviously are the same they they go through different I don't know extremes I've I've seen exorcisms where the person is needing to be hel- held down by many people they're growling they're yelling they're they're uh speaking in another language like like a weird language it's like da da you know things like that it's like really like crazy you know but then I've seen exorcisms that are much more calm and, and not as extreme. So I, I don't, I,
4: I wonder think, if it, I wonder if ahead. it has to do with like how long that spirit has the person that their body.
5: Yeah. You know, because I, I do believe that demonic entities can possess a person, not only the person, but like the family, uh, it could be a demonic entity that has been with that family for a very long time, uh, generations. And uh, almost,
4: it, almost like a curse.
5: Yeah, yeah. And you know when that happens, I, I think that you know you're dealing with something that has a very strong grip on that person and the family, and that's you know an uphill battle. But uh, listen, Chris, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing the stuff, man. Like it, it's it's uh, very interesting encounters and stories that you had to share with us. And uh, dude, I wouldn't want to wish that on anybody. Nobody
4: I know it's, it's been it's been interesting, and I, I still see things every now and then now. I've it, At first, it was like something opened floodgates, and I've learned to kind of dial it back to kind of if I don't pay attention to whatever's around, it's like you know it, it's, it's not that it goes away, but it's almost like they want the attention, so if you don't give it to them, they just stop acting up a little bit, almost like a child. Um, but it's been, it, it was interesting. Like it, uh, and I'm sorry if you heard any background noise, you know, talking about this stuff, I get a little, my nerves get rattled and I don't smoke in my house. So I come out to smoke a cigarette. So if you heard doors or whatever, I was just trying to walk on my porch to have a cigarette.
5: Okay. Yeah. That's no problem.
4: But Um, so yeah, every time I, when I talk about, so I've only talked about stuff like this with like a couple close friends. Like my family knows some of it, but, uh, yeah it's just like the nerves kind of start flaring up from everything so i just go smoke a cigarette and i feel better
5: yeah man no problem well chris listen i really do appreciate you coming on the show and sharing with us and uh you know we're friends on facebook so feel free to keep in touch with me man
4: oh definitely and thank you for letting me uh come on the show and talk about this i do appreciate it
5: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please go ahead and share the show with your friends, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, email, newsletters, bulletin boards. I don't care how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that is the best thing you can do to help support the show on a weekly basis. Now, last week, we started doing the question of the week, and I'm going to continue it this week. And I want the answers to come into us on Instagram. Post a picture with your answer, whether it's a picture of the answer or text, I don't care. Just post a picture with the answer and tag at The Confessionals Podcast so we can see what you think about this question this week. The question is, would you rather be stalked by a ghost for your entire life or be stalked by a demon for three days, then die? Let us know on Instagram with a picture and tag us at The Confessionals. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye.